Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Car show with your host. So sad today. Pardon me. I have a little something in my mouth. You'll have to excuse me. Um, honestly, my mouth right now feels like it's having a fucking orgasm. Have you ever, like, had that experience where the shit, it's just so good? Holy fucking shit. Mm. Baby. I'm having, this is disgusting. Not what I'm eating. But that I'm literally, like, recording myself. I mean, what the fuck? Anyway. I just, I'm go, I'm going, I'm going hard today. I'm having, um, the Doritos taco from Taco Bell. I'm having two of them. They come in a pack in a group of three. Um, I'm not, I, well, I don't know if I can hold myself back. I'm not going to have all three. I'm going to have two. I'm on number one, uh, crunchy shell. The shit is just, and I did cool ranch instead of nacho cheese just to, you know, just to keep things lively and also veterans of the show know my story about nacho cheese and um, shrooms. Not that I won't, not that I won't do nacho cheese, but for today, just for today, it's a uh, cool ranch fucking, oh my God. Like I seriously, when I took the first bite of this, for a moment I got scared. Like I felt so overwhelmed by feeling really I mean feelings are always like a little scary to me you know like every every feeling I always feel like I should call 911 usually the negative ones though the positive um which I actually haven't been feeling in a while um thanks to the fact that I don't know I don't know what's going on with my antidepressants I really I mean I feel like they've like unionized and um are on strike and are, like, protesting the working conditions in my body or something. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But, um, but yeah, so a joyful emotion, you know, I welcome that. Um, but, like, an overwhelming feeling of, I don't know, but any overwhelming feeling, I think, um, can feel harrowing to me. Even, like, maybe a joyful one that just comes on. But this, I mean, this was my first bite of this taco. It was, like, an orgasm of the fucking mouth. Like, I was just... I wasn't prepared. Uh, I wasn't physically prepared. I wasn't emotionally prepared. It was like a tsunami of flavor just took me over. Um, and I just... I wanted to weep. Uh, I believed in God. Um, you know, my relationship with, with God, with a higher power, it's always changing, like any long-term relationship. In that moment, I knew there was God. I knew there was God in that moment. Um, and I just, but it, it was so, it was so powerful, you know, to suddenly know the presence of God. As Tennessee Williams says, sometimes there's God so quickly, you know, that's the experience I had. And because it's not my first rodeo with these tacos, I wasn't expecting to be so overcome uh, with emotion and so, and it, it scared me a little, I have to say. It really, um, it, it, it took me back for a moment. Um, you know, I felt, I felt great um, pleasure. I felt the presence of God. Uh, there was a bit of an, an angel singing. 
And then I felt frightened, um, maybe, you know, that, that I have this capacity for pleasure, um, that I still have this capacity for pleasure. And I mean, also, was the feeling going to kill me? Because I really do often feel like a feeling is going to kill me. Um, as I said, usually it's more of a, a ne- and what would I, what I define as a negative feeling. One thing, I mean, I have a lot of sort of cognitive behavioral therapy tricks um, that I've learned partially through when I uh, could, could afford, or I guess I actually couldn't afford to do cognitive behavioral therapy, but when I desperately, desperately needed it and was like willing to pay out of pocket. One of the, but I, th- I don't know if I, this might have been a trick via that era or it might have been a trick via like just some free online cognitive behavioral therapy tools but one of the tools which I actually really liked um I have a couple you know there's there's a bunch but one of the tools I really liked was when you feel like overwhelmed by a feeling and you're scared that it's going to I don't know whatever we fear that a feeling is going to do be it kill us or we're going to quote unquote go crazy like this is it we're going to lose it, you know, like something. I don't even know if it's really necessarily like a linear or describable, like it's not a rational fear. So it's hard, the the sort of destruction or the dissolution we fear, I think it's hard to put to words to because it's just, but I do feel like for me, it's like a disintegration or, you know, it, it's a, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be overwhelmed. Like a tsunami is how I, I would describe it. So One tool is to, like, pause and give the feeling, do do two things. One is to take, like, a number system between 1 to 10. Like, okay, the feeling itself, what is that? Where is that on there? You know, like, a 10 being, like, I'm dead, you know, like, the most overwhelming. Um, Well, there's two I'm deads, right? Like, I'm dead, I I often feel I'm dead on, like, the, the one end of the spectrum, which is, like, I feel nothing, Um, but then there, but, and then a 10 is like the, I'm going to be killed by this feeling, right? They're the flip sides of, of the same coin. Um, and so, but it's like, okay, so I feel, I feel like I'm being overwhelmed. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to die. So, but really like the initial feeling, what is that? Well, maybe it's only like a, a six, you know, a six is hard, but it, it's, it's handleable. You know, you can... A six is not a tsunami. A six is a very powerful current, but you can you can survive it. But then it's like, and then the second part, part part two, is well, what what is my reaction? What is my reaction to the feeling? Give that a number. You know, my fear of the feeling, my fear of the fear, or fear of the sadness. And often that's the one that's like an eight or nine or ten. And if you can kind of separate them out and just be like, all right, actually the feeling itself. Like, I can ride this motherfucker. I can surf. I can surf it. Um, Then, versus, like, the overwhelm of the reaction to the feeling, sometimes it's much more manageable. So, it's like you give both of them a number. The feeling itself, and then your own sort of reaction to the feeling. And the reaction can be, like, so many things. You know, it can be anything from... An additional physical, like a, a physiological response, right? So you you feel a feeling, or I feel a feeling, and then I'm like, oh my god, and then I get like the panic attack symptoms. So it's like 
rapid heartbeat. Um, I start to feel like I can't swallow. I feel like I might be about to choke. Um, I can sometimes feel like the dissociation, like I'm, I'm go- but not in a good way. Like I'm, because a lot of times I'm, I'm like very happy to just dissociate and vanish. But the dissociation where it's like you don't, like you sort of look and everyone looks like they're made of plastic and you just don't understand how, like is this all a dream or what? Which is really just a symptom of anxiety. But in the moment does not feel like that. You know, so there, it can be those. It can be those physiological responses to the fear of the feeling. Or, and or, actually, because usually for me it's both. It's not only like a physical reaction, it's also, there's a narrative. Like I start, you know, I start to talk to myself. I start to tell myself, I'm looking now, I'm starting to look. I'm like, well, why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling like this? Um, And not just about the initial feeling, but also about the feeling about the feeling. And so I'm like having this narrative, like I'm like, you know, and then because there is no real danger, um, you know, because there's no real danger in my orgasmic taco feeling, I immediately start to, to, well, something must be wrong. Something's wrong. Something must be wrong. Otherwise, like, why, why is my heart, you know, why am I speeding up? And it's like, and all of that can happen between the feeling, the feeling about the feeling, like, and the physiological response and the thoughts. That can all happen within, like, a millisecond. Like, I can be diagnosed... I diagnose myself as either dying or, like, just something is very wrong. Like, doom wrong. Like, I am going to lose it wrong. Within... I mean, it can happen in, like, two seconds. It does not take very long. You know, I'm a very fast writer of narratives in my head. Um, So, to kind of separate out, like, okay, well, what's the feeling... And, and I mean, actually, you know, this, this taco feeling, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a very positive one, you know, I don't even know if I would put it on, like, the, the shit scale of shit feelings, but even though it's positive, my reaction is like, oh my god, this is really intense, so the oh my god then makes, like, my heartbeat start to speed up. I feel like I can't get enough air. I've got taco in my mouth and I'm like fighting for air and I'm I'm dying. I'm going to die on this fucking taco, right? And then the narrative begins and it's like, what's wrong? Something's wrong. I don't go to the poison place. I'm not like a huge, I've been poisoned by food, but I do, if I have anxiety and if I'm eating like a, a seafood, I'm always like, like somehow I, I'm suddenly a person with a seafood allergy and I'm dying. So anyway... This is what, uh, this is my experience of, um, joy and pleasure in the world. This is the way I, I guess I suppose I experience intense joy and pleasure. Great. Speaking of joy and pleasure, or I guess the antithesis of joy and pleasure, have I mentioned how much I hate Instagram? follow me at real melissa broder have i have i mentioned that it is it's a bane it's a bane um it's a world i feel confused uh i feel like i don't know what i'm doing and as opposed to twitter where i'd say 30 percent of the time when i post i feel shame i'm gonna go with 80 80 percent shame on Instagram, you know, I, I just don't understand it. I, it, I, I feel baffled by it. 
Um, I think the thing that particularly baffles me about it is I don't trust it, number one. Um, You know, I've found that if I post an attractive picture, it gets way more likes than if I post a death meme. Now, either I'm very different than the people liking my stuff or there's there's a lack of honesty. Because when I'm looking at people's Instagram, um, I much prefer a death meme to an attractive picture. In fact, I, I don't really like an attractive picture at all. Um, attractive picture does not make me feel uh, enlivened, ener- enervated. Uh, a connection to the person, um, you know, anything that would make me feel like, yes, I genuinely like this. Whereas, you know, a death meme, um, I feel okay. Someone else is looking at the world and thinking it's fucking weird that we exist. It's fucking weird that we're going to die. They have a sense of humor. They're laughing about our predicament. Uh, unless alone, or it's just funny, you know, it's it's some funny shit. I, I like I like death humor. So I don't know. I just it, it, I feel perplexed. You know, I don't know which way to turn. And then my sort of my my OCD elements are, you know, I which I'm sure this is this is common of of even not people without anxiety disorders um, on Instagram. You know, I think it can probably I'm gonna guess it can bring it can manifest. Uh, it can simulate an anxiety disorder for those who normally don't have one. But um, I find that when I look at my grid, I'm like, I, the the sort of this intense perfectionism, um, which with perfectionism, I often feel like I am hold, like there is some cosmic watcher, some cosmic judge saying, you, you know, you are not okay. Um, sometimes the cosmic judge has to do with like a, a sort of a morality, I guess, and, and more of a existential judge. And sometimes it's like, you know, just like a collection of exes, um, you know, or my mother or like, you know, a hybrid of sort of different people who have judged me and maybe even wouldn't judge necessarily that my, my Instagram grid, that the color, that the color scheme isn't fluid or that things are you know, feeling disparate or not disparate or, um, you know, random, but not in a, in a cute way. You know, I don't even know if those past judges in my life would judge those elements about me, but it's that act of being judged. And, but it's when I, but my perfectionism, like it always feels like this solid thing. Like there is a truth. There's something that I should be in whatever area of my life is currently being held under the microscope, there's something that I should be, a should, and I am not meeting it. And um, with Instagram, I feel this pretty, pretty strongly. Um, And yet I continue to post. Now, what I've been posting lately, which actually feels at least um, real to me, um, and less baffling than posting like a cute picture and getting the likes and being like, come on, bitches, you don't really like the cute picture. You know, this is an obligatory like. Um, but what, what I've been doing is just writing, um, about, I mean, really not about just scrolling, 
um, or typing about how much I hate Instagram and it um, makes me feel like shit, um, yet in my inability to stop posting, I, I post that. That is, that's what I'm doing. I, I'm just so that's what I'm doing. That's what's going on over there on the at uh, Real Melissa Broder account. Follow me. Um, so. I recently did a podcast interview um, on somebody's thing. I forget. I don't remember what it was for. It's not. I don't think it's coming out until this summer. But the topic of the episode was about social media, hashtag social media, and death. Um, and particularly, it was a more. It was a linear take on it. It was like, what do you want to have happen to your social media when you die? Um, and I hadn't really thought about like bequeathing my stuff to anyone. I mean, I, I don't ever want anyone tweeting for me because I know they just cheese it the fuck out. So, like, that is a no. They ask me, you know, do I want, like, am I going to name, like, an heir apparent? And I'm like, oh, fuck no. Um, then they asked if I would think about, like, leaving my Twitter account to someone, you know, that it could be worth money. I hadn't thought about that. Um, particularly because I don't do ads on my Twitters. Um, you know, I mean, I guess you could say they are monetized in a sense because I, people get to know me through them and then they find my writing. Um, so in that way, yes, like they are, you know, they're not solely without, they're not totally without financial value, but I don't do like a, an ad for jeans. I think with So Sad Today Twitter, well, I don't do it on my personal Twitter because I don't like doing any links. Like, I want my personal Twitter to just be, like, this pure world of no links, no ads. Even when I post, like, some shit that's, like, self-promotional that I kind of feel like I have to post on there, it feels disgusting. Like, it just feels feels like an invasion. But with the So Sad account, I think because of the subject matter and because of my own, like, self-criticism or anticipating the criticism of, from others, which is mostly what my own self-criticism is. It's an anticipatory, I've already judged myself for this, thus, if you judge me, I've already judged myself. I'm safe, safe in my own judgment. Um, but so I, I never, I didn't want to like monetize it in that way because of what I'm talking about. I mean, it is my own mental illness that I'm talking about. I'm not, wouldn't be monetizing anybody else's. Um, but so, so I said, no, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know that it would be of direct monetary value. I would never, like, want it to be sold or whatever. Or, like, have the followers sold. That would be fucking disgusting. Um, and so then they asked me what other platforms, which other platforms um, I'm on that, you know, I don't know, I feel invested in or whatever. And I was, because the topic was about death, you know... I was like, well, to me, Facebook feels like a post-death. Like, Facebook is a hell. It is a cesspool of hell filled with uh, family members rotating their crops on Farmville or candy crushing. Um, and then uh, political opinions of strangers um, or people I know tangentially that I don't really give a shit about. I'm like, you have not, you have not um, invested me anymore in the struggle. I, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, perhaps your, your post was more of a performative dance and not an attempt to, um, you know, enlighten, but, um, I have yet to become enlightened, I think, about anything via the book. Um, and then 
so so Facebook to me really it's, it's, it feels like a death that has already happened it is a hell but Instagram feels to me like a death that is continuously occurring you know it is a it is a dead it is a dead world and for so many reasons I mean I think because of like the glossy elements of it I'm like I don't need any more help feeling shitty about myself like I don't need to see this many people with dope eyebrows you know so there's like that glossy element and the attempt to um sort of show one's life as more something than it is you know the gloss which I just don't relate to like it is my instinct to do the opposite you know I'm like let me show you the underbelly so that like you don't see the underbelly and think oh it has an underbelly she's not talking about you know it's like I don't know, and I prefer the underbelly. I prefer the underbelly to, like, running around uh, in a state of faux gloss. Not to say that I don't, you know, like, like fashion and, like, you know, I don't feel myself sometimes. Um, or, you know, that I don't, I'm not on the, on the quest once again for, like, what's my next fragrance, which I know is a sign that I'm definitely in a high level of anxiety because whenever I start to sort of feel like I need to um, simplify the complexity of existence and and medicate my depression um, and I start to accrue um, more than like 40 perfume samples and I start to just leave places where I am, where I'm supposed to be, um, or be late to things because I'm at uh, Nordstrom, where they totally hook you up with all the free samples you want, um, or like, you know, Sephora, even though, I'm, I don't know, I'm not super, now I'm more of like a niche fragrance, fragrancy girl, so I feel like I'm, I'm not super into the, so don't get me wrong, Sephora is a safe space, it is a holy place, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I haven't really, there aren't that many fragrances there that I'm like always like super interested to try, um, but... You know, when I find myself sort of putting my life on uh, hold to go um, amass fragrance samples, I know that I'm probably not in, like, the best place. You know, so, but but so I, I definitely do. Like, I like glossy shit in life. I do. You know, I like my shit. You know, I'll get, like, a, a fucking awesome new ripped jean jacket and I'll feel good in that thing you know or like sneakers with the socks and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm rocking them you know like I'm rocking a white sneaker white sock or like you know if I just buy this boot then like I will be whole I mean I buy into all that shit I really do but for some reason like the manifestation of it online it feels not right it doesn't it doesn't I, it doesn't feel natural to me or like comfortable um and I don't trust that type of dopamine like I much prefer a dopamine that comes from when I'm like actually revealing darkness about myself uh than when I am creating this like illusion of faux light you know that to me like I'm just like well that's that that's an that's an even emptier dopamine so I guess you know when it comes to my internet addiction I have my standards you know 
I have my standards. I don't I don't want my dopamine cut with anything. I want the pure shit. To, to me, what's the pure shit? You know, I mean, everyone I'm sure has their own definition of of the pure shit. But I want uh, what to me feels like the pure, uncut, false intimacy based on something real, rather than false intimacy based on something um, less real. I guess is what I'm saying about my how I, how I like to take my my false intimacy. I don't know, though. I, I have to say, I feel like I'm definitely bottoming out on the perfume samples game. Um, I realized this last night when I was I was opening one fragrance. I had two of the same, and I wanted to marry them because it was disturbing me that I that that there were two sitting next to each other in different states of of empty and full. And so I was like, okay, we're gonna marry these bitches. Um, and I. I couldn't get out the like spray part, so I was trying to open it with my teeth, and then I was like, "Oh shit, perfume has alcohol in it," um, and I was like, "You're risking your sobriety," and I like put I was like put the perfume down, step away from the perfume, and then I was like texting my sober friends, and I was like, "Um, I like I'm scared I'm gonna relapse on perfume," um, but I didn't relapse on perfume. But um, by the way, if you're thinking of getting sober, not everybody is as careful or neurotic as I am, um, I just, my sobriety is so valuable to me, and I just always want to err on the side of caution, um, but, you know, I'm sure there are people who would not think twice about opening, um, a sample of perfume with their teeth, um, but even deeper than that, you know, I just, I saw myself, and I was just like, what are you doing, what are you doing, so, I, I think I'm going to take a step away from the perfume, I'm sure that I can find something else to distract me from the unknown. I mean, there's always something. You know, I, I do, I, I, I need some new sweatpants, some some joggers. So I, I think I could probably invest about a week in um, searching online for the perfect pair of joggers. Or maybe doing some buying and returning. You can't actually buy and keep if you want to distract from the abyss. You either buy and return or you just search forever. Once you buy and keep, then you just need a new thing. It's sort of like the buying and returning or the, the avid searching create this almost like lattice work over the abyss, you know. But the thing with the lattice is that it's not permanent. It, has, it, it always has to be continually in motion. It's like pieces of it, I, I almost see it like a, maybe a bamboo or something. Pieces of it um, continue to fall away, to blow away in the wind constantly. Maybe it's made of hay, you know. And you're, so you're constantly having to weave the lattice, weave the lattice, um, so you don't fall into the abyss. Um, and, 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 you know, also the lattice work, you can still see into the abyss from there. You know, it's not solid. It's, it, it's a lattice. It's a lattice. But you can, it's sort of like a hammock, you know. You're, you're, but it's a hammock that you don't always get to lay on. It's a hammock that you have to be constantly rebuilding. Um, and if you purchase something that immediately creates a large enough hole, um, in the hammock that you, you either have to return it so that you have the action of returning to create more of the hammock, more of the lattice work, um, or you have to not buy. And then the lattice is kept somewhat intact, you know, as long as you are continually searching. Um, it reminds me of, I saw this, this show on TV, 
on the TV. Oh, by the way, I'm so sorry. I tried some of your TV recommendations and it didn't go well. Let's just leave it at that. I try. I tried Big Mouth. It was. Re- I mean, I only got to like seven minutes of the pilot, but it was like it was kind of precious. I don't know. Like it was quirky. I'm like, give me dark. Like just destroy me. You know. I don't know. It, it didn't work. Um, Home Shopping Network is really the closest thing I have to peace because it, it, it talk about a lattice. It's all this talk about absolutely nothing. As a poet, I really respect it. Um, but so, but but I was watching this this show on the on the telly. Um, actually, you know what show I like? I do like my crazy ex girlfriend. That's a fucking that's a good show. That's a show and a half. But um, I digress. So I, I was watching the show and it was about like the ten coolest houses in the world. And um, but some of them were pretty fucking cool. One of the like this one was really cool. It was like this guy had made a house out of like a dumpster in New York, um, and it was like I love small spaces. So it was like, and he the way he pimped it out, it reminded me so much of my dream home. Um, my dream home is actually was was established at a very young age. It's in I believe it's one of the Snoopy movies, the Charlie Brown movies. I'd see that. I think it's it's either Snoopy's getting married or the it's the Easter Beagle Charlie Brown. I've probably talked about this on the show, which is, I mean, you know, I I, I have very little in my life. Um, but so there's a scene where Snoopy looks into Woodstock's birdhouse and it's fucking dope. It's like got these, it's got like a spiral staircase. It's like so late 70s chic. It's like the ultimate bird bachelor pad. Like it's got a spiral staircase. Woodstock's chilling on like this really cool sofa, listening to his stereo with headphones. And Snoopy, of course, I love Snoopy, but you know, Snoopy tries to get into it, get in, get in there. Um, and he's too big, and his nose gets stuck in the hole, and it he destroys the, you know, he shakes it, and, and Woodstock's just like, what the fuck is going on? Because the whole house is shaking, and then it gets destroyed. It breaks in a thousand pieces, and Woodstock yells at Snoopy, and then I think Snoopy has to buy Woodstock a new birdhouse, and then Woodstock doesn't fit through the door. It's a whole, you know, it's really metaphor for, um, I guess, life, and, and what happens when we when we try to enter the world of another you know, thinking that we, thinking that we can feel the way it looks like they are feeling. Snoopy wants to feel the way it looks like Woodstock is feeling, which, for all intents and purposes, it looks like he's really enjoying his house. You know, but Sno- Snoopy can't get in there. It's not, it's not his realm. Um, and so, but so anyway, so, so one of the houses on this this show was it was like this really cool dumpster that like the guy had like I mean it was fucking cool like he had roboted it out um but he only lives there I think like three months of the year like the rest of the time he's in some other you know just like a regular house uh, or a regular apartment in New York so I was like oh that's I was like eh because because part of the question I had was like how do you stay warm in the winter in the dumpster um so it was cool you know I thought I liked his intention like he was thinking he wants to like make more of these um and it's 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 he cleans the dumpster and he he wants to make more of these um as possible temporary shelters for the homeless but i was like i think he has to figure out the heat situation um you know like i I think he has to be able to live in it year round before he starts giving it to others is my thought i don't know am i being judgy i shouldn't judge he's doing way more than i am 
Um, but anyway, the the other house, the one I wanted to talk about in light of the perfume samples, was this guy has made like a floating island. He's built himself an island out of trash. And he's u- he uses like tons and tons of empty bottles. Um, and it's huge. It's a huge and it's gorgeous. But it's just this guy, first of all, I think he's really smart. Because like if you're, and he, he always has to be adding to it. Like his whole life is spent every day adding to the island. Cause, because if he, the bottles will, will float away. Um, if it's a, it's a cool use of trash, but he always has to be adding to it. He always has to be adding to it. And so it, it, it's smart because it's like he doesn't have to think about a lot of 21st century bullshit. Like he is focused on survival. You know, it's almost like he's hunting and gathering his island. Every day is just about the building, which for me is sort of what I'm doing with the perfume samples, um, except I don't need those to live. Um, or, you know, shortly I'll be doing with the joggers. But but it just reminded me a lot of the human condition because it was like a couple years ago. Um, Pickle is looking at me right now. He's like, fuck the human condition. Give me some fucking taco, bitch. He's like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about the human condition. I'm a taco. Um, but so it was a couple years ago the, the, the island got destroyed in like some kind of hurricane or something. Um, and he just rebuilt, rebuilt. And I was like, oh, this is like something nice. Like, the, oh, okay. And yes, the island is made out of trash, you know, which also describes the human condition. But it just, it was, it was cool because there's actually like a lot of vegetation growing up through it from like the floor of the ocean. So it sort of has become one with the ocean. Like he's melded this trash, which, and he collects it off of beaches and stuff. Like he's not making more trash, uh, like me. Um, I'm I'm a trash making girl. I I am. I'm a tra- I mean, the the number of yogurts alone is is I could have my own island of of Greek yogurt containers. Um, but but I'm not having kids, so there you go. That's my environmental. That's my that's my contribution to humanity. But you know, it just was very the human condition on so many levels. And I was like, that's really smart that he's found a way to distract himself from. I don't know. Everything seemed really nice. So, and look, some vegetation has grown through. It was kind of beautiful in its trash way. So it's like, oh, this is like a nice thing. It's like, this is like a decent thing that like a human being can arrive at. Like, I liked it. I thought I liked him. I was, I was pro the trash island. Um, so I think perfume samples are slightly different. Anyway, on that note... Wishing you a week in which you create your own beautiful trash island, whatever it may be. And I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.